There are 753 minutes today between sunrise and sunset, a number that will continue dropping between now and the winter solstice. The constant shifts of these numbers are predictable and easily accessible through search engines. Yet sometimes it takes the opening lines of an episode of Charlottesville Community Engagement to turn the mysterious into the mundane. I'm Sean Tubbs, back again for another countdown. On today's program, updated COVID-19 boosters are available, and almost everyone previously vaccinated is eligible. The Chamber of Commerce has introduced the first cohort of its new Leaders Lab of Charlottesville. The process has begun to determine if an Albemarle Elementary School should continue to be named after Meriwether Lewis. Albemarle County will participate, after all, in a transportation planning grant with other localities. And a private group has opened up a tourism kiosk in a storefront on the downtown mall. In today's first Patreon-fueled shout-out, WTJU 91.1 FM wants you to know about the Charlottesville Albemarle Black Business Expo coming up on September 24th at the Ix Park from 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. Vendor registration is currently underway for the all-day event, which will feature DJ sets, panel discussions, a business pitch contest, and live music from both Rochelle Claiborne and Ebony Groove. Learn more about the event at blackbusinessexpo.org. Thanks, WTJU, for allowing this shout-out to be shouted out. Last week, the Blue Ridge Health District began offering what's known as bivalent boosters that offer additional protection against strains of COVID-19 that have emerged since the original vaccines were developed almost two years ago. Dr. Kosti Safri is the Director of Hospital Epidemiology at the University of Virginia Health System. It contains both that original um, um, strain, um, the mRNA uh, targeting that original strain, as well as um, mRNA that's targeting um, the predominant uh, circulating strains of COVID, BA4 and BA5, which really account for 99% or so of all um, COVID viruses that are currently circulating. Dr. Sifri said some early data indicates the bivalent vaccines may protect against strains that have not yet emerged, but more study is needed. The new vaccines are available to anyone over the age of 12 who has previously completed a series of vaccines. The, the eligibility is um, two months after the completion of their uh, or the, the, their last dose of, of a COVID vaccine. Um, so that's going to be a, a significant number. Perhaps majority of people are going to be eligible for, for this booster. The Blue Ridge Health District is offering several clinics for the bivalent boosters with limited walk-ins available. Registration is strongly encouraged and you can do so in a link in the newsletter. Some of the times and locations are Wednesdays in September at Moby on the Mall from 12 to 3 p.m. in front of the Whiskey Jar on the downtown mall in Charlottesville. On Thursday, September 15th, there will be a clinic from 3.30 to 6 p.m. inside the Jefferson City School. This is being done in conjunction with Centara Star Hill Health Center. On Monday, September 19th at Fashion Square Mall in the former J.C. Penney parking lot, there will be a drive through vaccination clinic from 3.30 to 7 p.m. And Thursday, September 29th at the Tuckahoe Community Center from 10 a.m. to noon inside the Community Center. This morning, the Virginia Department of Health reports a seven-day average of 1,738 new cases a day, 
Hospitalizations and deaths remain at much lower levels than the days before vaccines were available. Dr. Sifri said the next few years could see yearly boosters similar to the flu vaccines. Most of us, 95 plus percent of us, have seen COVID in one way or another, either through infection or um, have the experience of, of COVID vaccination and, and have, the, um, um, have immune responses to the spike protein. For more information, visit the Blue Ridge Health District website. There's a link in the newsletter. For many years, the Charlottesville Regional Chamber of Commerce has operated a program to bring people together who have an interest in building community in Central Virginia. The pandemic put Leadership Charlottesville on hold, and now the initiative has been rebranded the Leaders Lab of Greater Charlottesville. In a press release, President and CEO of the Charlottesville Regional Chamber of Commerce, Elizabeth Cromwell, said that the selection committee has announced an inaugural cohort that reflects the goals of individual excellence, as well as diversity of geography, industry, race, gender, age, and more. The chamber now works with three other groups to operate the program, which seeks to build a network of doers, according to the release. The curriculum for the nine-month program has been written in collaboration with the Center for Nonprofit Excellence, the Weldon Cooper Center for Public Service at the University of Virginia, and the Institute for Engagement and Negotiation, also at UVA. Program participants will learn best practices in conflict resolution, multi-party negotiations, cultural competence, meeting facilitation, and many more skills they can put to work immediately in their careers and in the community. For a full list of who is in the first cohort, visit the Chamber's website at civilchamber.com. Transportation staff at the Thomas Jefferson Planning District are putting the final touches on an application for federal funding from a new grant program created as part of the bipartisan infrastructure law signed by President Joe Biden earlier this year. The Safe Streets and Roads for All program can be used to develop a safety action plan, plan for projects listed in that plan, or actually build the projects in the plan. There's a deadline of September 15th for eligible groups to apply. Last week, Albemarle Supervisor Ned Galloway asked why Albemarle County was not making its own application or participating with other localities. The TJPDC was putting a regional effort forward but it's not the only way to participate through the, re you, you can participate on your own as a county. Galloway disagreed with staff's decision to not pursue the funding and wanted an explanation. Kevin McDermott, one of the county's planning managers who specializes in transportation, said there have been limitations on staff time. He noted the county was recently awarded $2 million to plan for a multimodal trail from the Blue Ridge Tunnel to Charlottesville via Crozet funding that also flows from the bipartisan infrastructure law. This one was brought to us, the Safe Streets for All grant um, was suggested to us uh, through the TJPDC back in, uh, towards the end of July, I think that the city of Charlottesville had been interested in going for a grant. And so uh, the the way this is set up is that they favor uh, regional um, regional groups going after this together. McDermott said his staff made the determination to not participate at this time because the timing was not right. 
part of those timing considerations are that, um, as you may or may not know, we are also going for a separate grant right now called the Reconnecting Communities Grant. We are planning to bring that to the board uh, in early October to discuss that and ask your uh, support for that one. McDermott said that project would seek to make improvements on US-29 from the border with Charlottesville all the way north to the Rivanna River, though he didn't say if it was the North Fork or the South Fork. He said the TJPDC is moving forward, and last week there were briefings in Louisa County and Fluvanna County. The Nelson County Board of Supervisors will be presented with the grant opportunity at their meeting tomorrow, as will the Green Board of Supervisors. Localities will all have to make a local match not to exceed $30,000. So the idea would be to create a safety action plan for the entire region uh, with the goal of reducing or uh, reaching zero deaths on highway facilities in, in the region. Galloway said Albemarle should be part of the regional safety plan, and he suggested setting aside the money for a local match in the hopes of qualifying the county to get federal dollars to build projects in the future. He acknowledged the potential time crunch for staff. Sometimes it's said you don't want to put so many pokes in the fire, but when it's attempting to get money to solve transportation, which many could argue is our number one issue in the county, we should put as many pokes in the fire as we can. McDermott said for Albemarle, the not-to-exceed amount for a local match would be $60,000. Several other supervisors also expressed support for Albemarle to join the regional plan. They took action later on in the meeting to formally agree to participate. An elementary school in Ivy is the latest in Albemarle County to go through the process of determining whether its name is appropriate in the 21st century. A committee is being formed to review whether Meriwether Lewis Elementary should continue to be named after the 19th century American explorer. Karen Waters is the director of community education for Albemarle County Public Schools, and in a press release, she said this is a great opportunity for Meriwether Lewis Elementary School families to gain a greater understanding of their school's namesake while building community. The committee will include Principal Jennifer Underwood, at least three teachers, three parents, and two community members in the school's catchment area that do not have children currently enrolled as students. Meriwether Lewis Elementary is the eighth school to go through this process, which was put into place by the school board in October of 2018. So far, elementary schools named after Broadus Wood, Mary C. Greer, and Virginia L. Murray will keep their name. Paul Kale Elementary became Mountain View Elementary on July 1, 2020. Mortimer Sutherland Middle School was renamed Lakeside Middle School on July 1, 2021 and Jack Jewett Middle School became Journey Middle School just over two months ago. Murray High School has been named the Community Lab School. You're listening to Charlottesville Community Engagement. And since the very beginning of this newsletter, one long Patreon supporter has used his shout-out to draw your attention to the work of the Plant Northern Piedmont Natives Campaign. The campaign is a coalition of grassroots partners, including motivated citizens and volunteers, partner organizations, and local governments who want to promote the use of native plants. Summer is winding down. Pollinators are still active. And you can get ready for next spring. Want to learn more? 
Visit plantvirginianatives.org to download Piedmont Native Plants, a guide for landscapes and gardens. Thanks to that Patreon supporter for keeping this going. One more segment today, and I apologize for the audio quality. I'm still trying to figure out how to record good audio in a crowded room using just an iPhone. You know, public radio snobs be damned. An entrepreneur who seeks to promote the Charlottesville area as a destination and who operates several tourist lodging spaces has announced the opening of a new storefront on the downtown mall to help visitors find out what to do. M. Travis Wilburn spoke Friday at the opening of Charlottesville Insider, a kiosk in the 100 block of East Main Street. In 2017, uh, we all knew what happened here uh, shortly, you know, about five years ago, and I watched tourism completely fall apart. Wilburn got involved with the tourism industry in 2008 when he was working for Seaville Weekly and saw the potential when he heard that one winery had several hundred guests at an evening event. In 2010, he started Stay Charlottesville with Bill Chapman, the owner of the Oakhurst Inn. They worked with developer Keith Woodard to renovate 101 East Main Street as the old Metropolitan Hall. The new venture is intended to provide a place for tourists to the mall to get information. The Charlottesville Albemarle Convention and Visitors Bureau used to operate out of the downtown transit center, and there was a help desk there. But the CACVB has moved their offices and now conducts public outreach through two mobile field offices. These didn't run yesterday due to the threat of inclement weather. Wilburn said the pandemic has devastated business on the downtown mall, and more needs to be done to help restaurants and other businesses survive. Uh, in March 2020, and I realized, oh wow, I thought August 12th was bad. Uh, this is not awful. Uh, this is absolutely horrific. Uh, there was zero demand. Wilburn said the vacation rental industry started to rebound by that summer as people sought to escape. But successive COVID waves have made it difficult for restaurants to fully return. To help out, Wilburn and others created an online presence known as Charlottesville Insider to spread information about what he said is boutique and unique about the area. Now the space next door, that recently housed a medical supply company, has been converted into a physical presence. Uh, and that's what this office is uh, next door. It's the Charlottesville Insiders Public-Private Visitors. Wilburn said he walks up and down the mall every day and remains concerned. The business community left for COVID. And if you haven't been downtown, you can see it every single day. Uh, I used to have to run to get a seat at a restaurant at 12 o'clock. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. That no longer exists. Wilburn said tourism can help make up some of the difference, and he hopes the new office will help by giving people who are visiting a chance for people to talk to someone. He said he will promote other businesses not connected with his companies. Also in attendance on Friday was Rita McClenney, the president and CEO of the Virginia Tourism Corporation, even though there's no public money in this venture. It's informative, and it's excellent customer service for the visitor. 
The Virginia Tourism Corporation divides the state into 10 regions, with Albemarle and Charlottesville in central Virginia. McClenney said this specific part of the Commonwealth is very important to the industry. This region means so much to Virginia tourism because it is a magnet for people who want to come have a really elegant, sophisticated experience. It attracts people who want to come a profound outdoor experience. The hours for Charlottesville Insider are Monday through Wednesday from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m., from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Thursday through Saturday, and Sunday from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. And that's it for this installment of Charlottesville Community Engagement for September 12th, 2022. Another Monday program in the books. And how many installments will there be this week? Stay tuned and let's see. I remain hopeful that one day, one of these will be published before 9 a.m., but I also remain realistic. I began work on this one at 5 a.m. this morning, and I'll continue to work for the rest of the day, including an appearance at 5 p.m. on Charlottesville Right Now with Courtney Stewart on WINA. I work so much because this is my business, literally. Town Crier Productions is the name of the company I formed in August 2020 to try to figure out how to pay for the thing I want to do above all. Write about towns, cities, counties, or anything else that looks like it rhymes with municipal. The best way to keep the business going is through a paid subscription through Substack. The company Ting will match your initial payment, and I am grateful for this, for you, and for whatever teacher I once had who told me to stick to my dreams. With this all in mind, I am now announcing the opportunity to give away 80 premium subscriptions to this newsletter. Someone has bought that number of gift subscriptions, and I want to make sure the audience broadens. I'm still working out the basic criteria for how to hand those all out, but at least one requirement will be that the recipient is under the age of 25. It's no good writing about the details of local meetings if the people who will most live the longest under the decisions made today do not know about what's happening at the tables of today. That's what this newsletter and podcast seeks to do and will always seek to do. Thank you very much for listening and goodbye. Goodbye.